0: I'm Ava Hartling, welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, I'm speaking with Jane Riddle, president and COO of Good Life Fitness. With over 40 years of experience, Jane has worked in various roles within Good Life and its parent company, from selling memberships to C-Suite. As a member of the LGBTQIA2S community, Jane is committed to creating inclusive environments and supports diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Jane Riddle has played a key role in shaping the company's culture at Good Life Fitness and ensuring decisions align with its core values. She believes that people are at the heart of any business and actively shares her knowledge and experiences for personal and professional development. Recognized for her contributions, she's been named one of Canada's Top 100 Most Powerful Women and one of the most influential women in sport and physical activity. Beyond her professional life, Jane is passionate about animal welfare and serves as a board member for Golden Rescue, an organization dedicated to rescuing and rehoming golden retrievers. She holds a bachelor's degree in anthropology and a master's degree in physical education from Western, where she excelled as a varsity athlete and captain of the basketball team. Here's my conversation with Jane Riddle. Jane, it's such a pleasure having you on the Brandies Female today. Thank you for making time to speak with me.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Eva. Thank you for having me.
0: I'd like to start these conversations by uh, going back to the origin story of uh, my guests' careers and professional journeys. I'm curious to know in your case, what did you dream you'd be doing as a career later in life back when you were uh, a young woman?
1: Well, I, uh, like most children, I think I bounced around quite a bit from um, goal to goal and I had I had wonderful parents. We were actually very poor in many ways, but uh, they were always so supportive of me. So I think at one point I said I wanted to be a veterinarian and then I wanted to be a lawyer and, you know, but um, I was always uh, good in school. And uh, when I got to university, I really fell in love with academia and I thought, this is where I'd like to be the rest of my life. I'd like to be teaching at a university. So I did a master's degree <clears throat> and um, I was paying for my own education. So I had many, many jobs uh, during my uh, my tenure at university. And, and one of them actually ended up being in a tiny little fitness club. Mm. And yeah, so very... Uh, just by accident, you know, but I thought, oh, this is a good tie-in. I'm doing a master's degree in um, exercise physiology, so this kind of it works really well. And um, yeah, it was the best job I ever had in my entire life. It was so much fun going to work Mm -hmm. it wasn't like work at all and uh, I always tell people it was like going to a party every day where (laughs) you meet all your favorite people all your friends were there you know it was such a positive environment and such a great vibe and uh, I really really enjoyed it but um, of course I was making minimum wage and I thought "Mm, I still need to pay my bills and whatnot but um, but I stuck it out and um, you know as the company grew I grew with it and uh, yeah. 40 years later here I am today I wish I could say I plotted my career very carefully every single step of the way right but, but I did not
0: <laughs> I mean there was still there was kind of a common link you had an interest in fitness and in physical education which was you know already obvious uh yes. so the next stage kind of makes sense so tell me about you know when you realized that was going to be uh, you know a, a real career in the fitness industry uh what was that first chapter like
1: well, it was, uh, you know, was, the fitness industry was in its infancy as well. Mm, right. Uh, so we were just starting out. Um, I'm sure you're you're too young to remember this, but, uh, you know, the 20-minute workout, uh, Jane Fonda with the leg warmers. Of course, of course. Yeah. Aer- aerobics, you know, those kinds of things. Um, that was sort of the, the marketed image of fitness. Um, here at Good Life Fitness, we always had more of a holistic approach mm-hmm. to uh, fitness and wellness. We're a little bit more, you know, science-based. But um, for me, uh, working in, in a club, it was really a great opportunity to learn everything from the ground up. Mm-hmm. We did everything back mm-hmm. then. We, we, you know, we sold memberships, we cleaned the club, we trained people, we did outreach, you know, we worked on the front desk. And uh, it was just uh, a wonderful introduction to, to the business of fitness. So uh, a great opportunity, as I say, to learn everything about the business firsthand.
0: Well, we could say you're an intrapreneur because you didn't create Good Life, but you've been part of its success really since the start, and you you know went up the ranks, uh, working alongside the the owners. Um, what was that like having a career in fitness at that time? And I'm curious to know. Um, you know, I think we kind of have this image. Of fitness, especially, I think, in, you know, its early years of being a male-dominated industry, uh, and I also want to know if you feel that's changed over time, but were there any obstacles in being, you know, a woman within the industry?
1: It's true what you say. It was, um, you know, very, um, it was actually member-facing positions have always been dominated by women mm-hmm. in, in our industry, but as you move higher up the ranks, it's always always been more men, right? except in our company. Um, and that's due to the outlook or the philosophy of the owner, mm. David Patchell Evans, who is still the owner today. He's the CEO. And he um, just was always looking for the best people. Mm. And he, he really didn't care beyond that. And uh, so if you had what it took to, uh, you know, to perform and uh, be an excellent associate, you had a position. And uh, so I just grew up with the company, as I say, it was, uh, you know, I worked in one tiny club, we acquired another club, Um, I eventually started to manage, I managed two clubs, I became a district manager. Uh, Vice president eventually, I became the COO, and then uh, now I'm the president of Patchell Holdings, which is the parent company of Good Life Fitness, Fit for Less, Econo Fitness, and uh, CanFit Pro, which is our education company. But Mm -hmm. some of the obstacles in the early years were more about... um, I can remember my dad saying to me, when are you going to get a real job? You know, Because this is just not what he, he didn't think this was, uh, I think, worthy of right. my education and my aspirations and my talents. And uh, so, yeah, it was some challenging conversations with family and friends around, you know, this is what you see on TV is mm-hmm. not what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we really want to give everybody in Canada the opportunity to live a fit, healthy life and be their best the best person they can be. So it was always a higher calling for all of us who, who were drawn to, to good life and to, Mm. to working with, um, Dave Patch 11's Patch, as we call him. And, um, so yeah, that was, that was one of the obstacles. I think that, um, I'm, I'm unique, uh, in that I didn't really encounter any internal, um, opposition to, uh, my, my rise through the ranks because of, the fact that I was a woman, I do think that's unusual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even in the fitness industry, I think it's, it's quite unusual. So, I
0: was very blessed. Mm. Were there any challenges from a business standpoint? Um, and I mean, I think the environment was completely different. Good Life was one of, you know, the first full gyms to really become that network and well-established brand uh, across mm. the country. So what? how was that received by by the industry, by customers? And, you know, your, your dad is an example. He didn't think you had a serious job. Um, mm-hmm. What was the concept for uh, the business? received like yeah i would say two things to that question eva
1: i think the first one was that um i think a lot of people had the um perception that a fitness club was for uh somebody who was already very fit right uh, the very elite you know the very uh, top the athletes and the, the very uh slim beautiful people mm-hmm. and um so it was always a challenge to um uh, expand our demographic and, you know, make it safe for people of all ages and shapes and abilities to come to clubs. Um, and it's still, I still hear it a bit today, you know, I'll, I'll hear people say, oh, I couldn't possibly go to a fitness club yet. I have to get in better shape first, exactly. you know, or I have to drop 10 pounds first or something like that. Which defeats you know, the
0: purpose, really. Exactly.
1: Yes. But we can help you do that, yeah. you know, kind of thing. That's, That's why point. we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was really, uh, I think one of the things that was uh, a challenge early on mm-hmm. and the other thing was just the business itself. I mean, it was a young business. Um, we didn't have a track record of success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we wanted to expand, we would, uh, we approach banks and no bank was willing to give us money. Right. You know, it was yeah. like, you know, we didn't have any, we didn't own the buildings. We leased equipment. We, uh, our only asset was really our, uh, our indomitable spirit and our, our cash flow. And uh, no bank is willing to take a risk on that. So mm-hmm. we had to work extremely hard to, uh, you know, every single dollar that we made, we plowed back into the business, you know, and uh, so it was really tough. Those early years we were, we were scrapping and, uh, you know, we were often asked to, t- you know, we would come in and take over a club that had failed. Right. Right instance and uh we had to turn it around and that's a very very tough assignment in any business Mm. turnarounds you know because uh you know there's a reason they failed and uh sometimes it's very hard to get the uh the old members to understand that so we um we're always facing opposition and pushback from Mm. from that but uh but we invariably managed to uh, be successful and And now, um, of course, it's much different. You know, the business is uh, thriving. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've come out of, well, COVID was a very big challenge for us. I was going to ask, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but... you know we we did come through it successfully and uh you know we're we're back to you know where we were pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and uh it's it's uh very very strong the outlook is very positive for us but and we were in great financial shape before going into covid which helped a great mm-hmm. deal with our with our survival and our planning so
0: so apart from covid and the you know the years during the pandemic what what makes, you know, your club successful compared to others who have failed? What's kind of in the secret sauce, you know, that makes a difference performance wise?
1: I think it's all about the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like um, for myself personally, you know, we've been very blessed and privileged in um, the quality of the people that we've attracted to our company and that we've managed to hang on to for a long time. Some of these folks who are now in senior Uh, leadership roles came to us right out of school Mm -hmm. you know and uh, they've been with us for you know 25 35 years so it's a it's a very unusual i think uh situation to be in 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 any company and um but i think what attracted people to us was first of all our mission which to give every everyone in canada the opportunity to live the best life possible right and secondly was our core values which are care trust integrity peak attitude passion personal fitness and happiness. Mm. And so we hang all of our behaviors on that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the formation of our culture. And the culture is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think no matter who you ask who works with us that is a big reason
0: why they they come to work for us and with us mm. and that's more important now than ever i think employees are paying attention to culture they see you know a difference uh, when there is healthy culture within an organization and it's it's what makes us want to stay somewhere for sure exactly Yes, And speaking of values, speaking of culture, I want to ask for your definition of leadership. And you've been an advocate for uh, diversity, equity, uh, you know, inclusion within the organization and, and outside of the organization. So and, and you've just brought up the importance of values and, and the difference it makes for the organization internally and externally. So all, all this combined, how do you define leadership and what's your personal brand of leadership?
1: Uh, Leadership is a very, uh, amorphous concept. I think it can, uh, you know, it has, as a a great leaders, um, pull people along. They don't push Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and they, people want to work for those folks. You know, they want them, they want them to be successful. So they'll put in that extra 10% of discretionary effort that, you know, no one knows if it's there or not, except the individual who is, who's putting it forward. And, um, I think being a great leader means, um, being very uh, visible, uh, doing the very hard tasks, setting an example, um, having um, challenging conversations with people, mm-hmm. but doing it in a way that um, maintains their respect and uh, their dignity and um, making people feel like they're valued and they're heard right. and that they have a voice at the table and that they have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it's not telling people mm-hmm. what to do. It's asking them and listening a lot you know, and then taking that information and using it. And if you can't use it, then explaining why you can't use it so Mm -hmm. that people are not, um, uh, you know, afraid of, uh, putting forth opinions in the future. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's, it's being really welcoming to, um, people who are different, uh, people who have different opinions, people who come from different backgrounds, creating that diversity of thought and, uh, at the table is extremely valuable. And you do that by tapping into folks who are from uh, different ethnic backgrounds, Mm -hmm. different religions, different, you know, people who are different than us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, there's a very strong, compelling business case to do that, but it is just the right thing to do, to Mm -hmm. be an inclusive leader and uh, look at people uh, from the perspective of who they are. In terms of you know their abilities, and not in terms of um, their um, stereotypical labels that mm-hmm. sometimes are applied.
0: Right. This season of The brenni's is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. Together. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. You've you've mentioned the fact that Good Life, you know, has always had women, uh, a, a large proportion of women among its employees, uh, more so than other companies in, in the same industry. You're now at the helm of a company yourself, um, do you think it's still important to support women in business specifically, uh, you know, in 2023? Um, and, and why is it so important and so relevant still today? And you've seen the evolution over time as well. Uh, so, you know, do we still have a, a long ways to go and why do we still have to make that a priority now?
1: Yeah, in at Good Life, seventy five percent of our senior leadership team are female. Mm-hmm. So it is once again an anomaly in the industry. It's it's quite different elsewhere.
0: Congratulations.
1: Um, yeah, no, we're very proud of that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a, it, it is uh, something that we talk about a lot. You know, and it's part of our our DEI um, platform as well. But I think that um, you know, we still in twenty twenty three, it's still incredibly important to uh, support women. In in search of career and opportunity. Um, I just read the other day about, you know, women still only make about 80% of men uh, in Canada. So, there's that, um, you know, financial gap that is still, it's closing, but it's so painfully slow, you know. And um, I think that, you know, there are still lots of obstacles for women in uh, most industry, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and even in academia, there's still, obstacles so there's you know there's a lot of work to be done we're definitely moving in the right direction in the fitness industry we've we've made some strides for sure right um, you know, the head of, uh, URSA, which is the global sort of governing body for fitness, uh, worldwide is now female, uh, Liz Clark. And in Canada, we have our, uh, director of the, the fitness business Canada is also female. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, th- those, th- those are big steps for us, you know, to have women in those roles, uh, to act as role models. Um, so I think it's just, you know, we've, we've, we scratched the surface, but we still have a long way to go yet. There's, mm-hmm. We can't stand around and pat ourselves on the back just yet.
0: Is there something you wish you knew before starting your career and kind of rising up the ranks uh, at, at Good Life that you know now? Something that could have, you know, proven useful in, in business or in life in general?
1: Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope I've learned Hindsight's a lot. always 20 right? <laughs> oh, is it ever? My goodness gracious. I think the biggest thing would be that I would not have been so hard on myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I would have uh, allowed myself to, um, you know, be a lot more easygoing, uh, a lot less... Uh, uh, not achieving perfection as much, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of, you know, if I make a mistake, it's not, uh, no one is going to die. You know, we can make a correction. It's, it's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, there's so much stress that we as women put on ourselves because we think we have to be perfect, right. you know, you know, we have to be twice as good to in order to, uh, to do what, uh, uh, our male counterparts are able to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not true. You know, if you surround yourself with great people, uh, that's the other learning I've, uh, you know, had, I think is that, you know, you're only as good as your peers. And, uh, you know, if you are able to attract good people into your circle, people who believe in what you want to do, who believe in you, who have the same similar values and aspirations and goals, um, You know, it makes uh, for a tremendous support system when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. And that's when we really do need support is, uh, you know, it's easy to be all uh, sunshine and roses when things are going really well. But when things start to get a bit dark, as they did during the pandemic, it is a real, it's, it's, uh, priceless
0: to have that mm. circle of support around you. So yeah, those are the two big ones, I would say. That makes me want to ask you, what kind of support system, you know, is important to you? What kind of network or community to have you built? Uh, you know, who's who's there for you when, when you need that kind of help?
1: Uh, family, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, friends, but um, a lot of my friends, because I've worked in this company for so long, are also my coworkers, right? You know, right. so we we share this uh, common experience in this community, and um, you know, it makes for a very a very powerful um, bond. You know, when you have experienced something uh, together, and you've been uh, able to overcome challenge together you sort of come through the fire together it creates an incredibly strong bond and uh it's something that i can't even articulate to be quite honest you know it's just you feel it you feel that you, they have your back and you have their back and you know it's a, uh, it's this very it's almost an unconditional support and uh it's uh, as I say, it's priceless. It's irreplaceable.
0: Mm, yeah, that's definitely the the best kind of support. And speaking of that, uh, how how can you know anyone, whether they're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, a supervisor in a in a company, or just in our everyday lives, how can we better support fellow women uh, in in the workplace? And how, what are ways that you are supporting or mentoring the next generation of women at at Good Life specifically?
1: Well, I think it's a, a question first of, uh, talent, you know, your, your talent acquisition programs and your, uh, philosophy, and it's really around looking for, for, um, for people, mm-hmm. you know, people who, uh, first and foremost, who, you know, want to make a contribution and, um, you know, looking for people who are, have aspirations to move up in your company, having a mechanism where they can self-identify, you know, because if we're just looking, you yeah. know, and looking yeah. for, well, I think that that person would be good, that person would be good, you miss people. Mm, so it's sense. really giving that, you know, opportunity to, like really cast that wide net, make it really inclusive, make mm-hmm. it really safe for people. Mm-hmm. And um, once you've identified those those top or high potential people, or they have identified themselves to you as having aspirations in your company, then it's really sitting down and getting to know them, you mm-hmm. know, like really having those in-depth conversations around what's important to them, you know, where, where do they want to go? What do they want to do? You know, how do they want to contribute, not just to this company, but to the planet mm-hmm. and, um, you know, making sure that, um, you know, you have a good cultural fit there. And, uh, once you have that, that's, that's a really important Piece of the puzzle to having a great associate it's that that cultural, uh, you know, uh, fit, and because skills we can teach, you know, those are things that we can provide support to people for, and then that's what you have to do as well. Is you know, you have this group of high potential folks who, you know, then you need to provide training and support and mentorship, um, and feedback, Mm -hmm. and and you need to give them opportunity to stretch and to fail. And to uh, feel okay about that, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think mentorship programs are really important. I think that um, that is one of the key ingredients to developing great leaders, great wi- women leaders, is to provide strong mentorship and uh, strong le- leadership and um, allow them the opportunity to tap into experience that others have gained so that they don't feel like they have to reinvent the wheel all the time.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you're also the perfect example of, you know, a candidate being promoted from within, having climbed the the ranks within the organization. So, um, an an excellent role model for all women working a good life, I'm sure. Oh, thank you, Eva. I I hope I am. I do do try to be, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um. I want to ask you, and you work for a company called Good Life. You've talked about the mission uh, behind the name and uh, you know the, the the support so that everyone can live their their best life possible. So I'm especially interested in your answer for, for this reason. Um, what are daily or regular practices, things that you need on, you know on a, on, a, on a regular basis to feel grounded, to stay healthy, to feel like you are uh, living your best life ultimately.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think it's changed over the years. I, as I've aged, I've gotten a little bit, um, I've given myself some grace, you know, in terms of physical activity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, not, uh, really trying to, um, do high intensity workouts anymore. Right. Uh, I still work out, I do strength training. I think that's really important for us as women to maintain, you know, our, our, the integrity of our, 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 uh, bony structures, um, I feel like you know for myself, I need to be in nature every day. Mm-hmm. I I I'm, I'm, I moved to a farm six years ago, and honestly, I feel like I should have been a farmer all my life. I just love it there, you know. I just enjoy it so much, and uh, getting outside and uh, walking with my dogs every morning on the trails mm-hmm. <laughs> really it really centers me. Uh, For the day ahead. And um, so I do that every day, regardless rain, shine, snow, whatever, you know, we're out there all the time. And um, I think the other thing is really around um, rest and allowing yourself to take the time to uh, replenish, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure you, for me, it's having, you know, making sure I have good sleep habits, you know, uh, I don't regenerate as quickly as I used to, Mm -hmm. uh, so I have to uh, allow myself the, uh, uh, that uh, opportunity to, you know, make sure that I do get decent sleep, and, um, and I also um, have taken up, Reading again, like just reading for mm, pleasure, right? You know, because I was always reading for self improvement and for business. And, mm. uh, you know, I am a lifelong learner, but uh, I've gone back to reading just things that I think are interesting now, you know, and uh, you can lose yourself a little It's a little bit my, like meditation sort of thing.
0: You mm, know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's one book you've read that has really influenced you? Could be a business book, could be fiction or whatever else.
1: Uh, yeah. Recently, uh, it was a three day road. Um, and I think it was Joseph Boynton. I'd have to, you'd have to give me a little grace on that one yeah. too. But uh, he is Canadian, yeah, and uh, it was uh, an absolutely fascinating story of uh, two matey young men who go off to war in the First World War and their mm. experiences. Uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely for me it was riveting mm. so
0: yeah mm-hmm. it's interesting as well here you talk about uh, you know you you still work out it might not be as high intensity as, as uh, you you once did but um, is that also something that you take into account at Good Life I, I mean there's I think a lot of conversations very important conversations being had these days around uh, women you know especially after we, we hit menopause or, or around that age being left out of the equation it can be an in terms of services, you know, brands that cater to us, uh, health and so on. Um, but obviously moving our bodies and working out continues to be important throughout our, our entire life. So is, is that something that you take into account in your in your business model?
1: Yeah, you know, during COVID and since COVID, our uh, the average age of our membership has dropped considerably. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, I think it might be due to the fact that um, some of the folks who are a little bit older, may not feel comfortable yet coming back into the, the group setting, um, maybe still a little bit risk adverse, Right. but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting for me to watch that trend because, uh, you know, we have to also scale our amenities and our clubs, mm-hmm. you know, to reflect the, uh, the needs and wants and desires of the people that in the communities that we serve. So, um, but we still have women's only clubs,
0: Mm -hmm. clubs
1: that are are just for women and, uh, you know, and they are, they are increasingly becoming popular as well. So I think there is definitely an uh, an opportunity there to serve those communities to a greater degree than we are currently. And within our, within our co-ed clubs, you know, we do have amenities that primarily um, attract women such as yoga, hot yoga, you know, um, group fitness classes still primarily uh, are, are, filled with, with women. Um, because there's that sense of community there, you right. know, once again, it's that shared experience and they're fun and, you know, it's a social time and, you know, it's an opportunity to, uh, for women to do something just for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's on your vision board for the months ahead? What's, what's left? We're still early enough in 2023 could be personal, could be business related. What, what are some of the big projects that you're working on?
1: Uh, business related, we're very focused on succession planning mm-hmm. in our company. You know, we mm-hmm. really um, want to make sure that uh, we're raising a group of leaders for the future that will be uh, smart, successful, inclusive is a big part of what I really want to focus on is inclusivity. Right. I think that we've done a lot of work with our DEI program. I think we have a long way to go yet. We're on a journey and um, I'm excited about where that will take us, but we have we have to put our heads down and really make it happen. And, um so there there's that piece I think that um you know we uh during the pandemic we it became very clear to us that government and public health really didn't understand or value our business mm, you know right. and so uh yeah that was uh, eye opening and you know we were closed for much of the pandemic we mm-hmm. were mandated to close and then we were when we were allowed to open we had to have um you know Uh, vaccine passports and capacity restrictions. restrictions, And yeah, it was very challenging. So, um, you know, I think that uh, for us now, we have to work through our government relations team to make sure that, you know, we we are educating those people, Mm -hmm. you know, so that if, God forbid, anything like this happens again, that we will have a seat at the table, you know, and we will be able to help make decisions that actually make sense Mm -hmm. for the population. And we have a lot to contribute to healthcare. You know, we we actually we can provide so much support to healthcare by helping people to stay out of the formal healthcare system, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, helping in terms of prevention. And, um, you know, so that is a, a part of where I would like us to go as well on a personal level. I, I think I might buy a tractor this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the farmer, the farmer at heart. <laughs> exactly, comes yeah.
1: I'm excited about that because we're going to start, um, Uh, market farm i I, last year um part of the farm became uh it was opened up i uh worked with some indigenous folks so there's an indigenous we started with a healing garden and uh expanded on that so i'm really very very excited about that opportunity Mm -hmm. this year and uh to work with with them uh to a a greater degree and expand Mm -hmm. that project and we're starting a market garden as well so those are those are all kinds of things that we're we're
0: Got on the table. Yeah, there's a there's a lot on the table. We'll have to there's uh, a lot on the table. <laughs> we'll follow up and check in and see how how the tractor and the farms the farm life is going. Perfect. My my next question, which which is my my last question, and I always love hearing the the variety of of answers to this one from from guests on the show. What would be your top three? Piece of advice or tips to women? Uh, in your case, I'll. I typically ask, you know, for women entrepreneurs, but in this case, for for women who are working in male-dominated fields, they could own their own business, they could be working for somebody else. What would be your top pieces of advice?
1: That is a great question, and uh, oh gosh, I would say first and foremost is to find work that brings you joy and purpose, mm-hmm. and that you find powerful. And that inspires you to get out of bed every day with maximum energy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you can do that, you will be blessed your entire working career. Um, Secondly, I would say find a mentor, Mm -hmm. someone that you respect and trust and um, who's done who has a career that you would like to emulate uh, or you would like to tap into their experience and their expertise and who has the time to contribute to your growth and development and even expand on that like uh, uh, by mentor male or female yeah it doesn't yeah. have to be have to be a woman you know mm-hmm. kind of thing and um, and expand your circle mm-hmm. you know and be but be very careful who you allow into your circle mm-hmm. you know be very selective you know choose people who will support you and who will lift you up mm-hmm. and who will, um, pull the best out of you, you know? And, um, so it may not be a big circle, mm-hmm. you know, but expand it and, and get several people in that role so that you have that, that, uh, support structure to
0: mm-hmm. fall back on. Well, wonderful advice, and it's obviously paid off uh, throughout your career. So thank you so much for sharing your insights and sharing your journey with us. Uh, Jane, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Eva. My pleasure.
0: Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brandis Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound Engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support Claire Miglionico.